0: the My Pet Podcast. The show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hello and welcome to the My Pet Podcast. We're up to episode five here. I'm Beck, and I'm joined by our resident vet, Dr. Glenn. Hello everyone. Uh, today we thought we would talk a bit about heat stroke in pets. I mean, living in Australia, we know it gets pretty hot and humid and It can go on for a few days, a few weeks, and a few months over the lovely summers we have. And you know, even us people, we feel the heat. It knocks us around. It exhausts us. It's tiring. It's uncomfortable. But you've got to also think about our pets. They get knocked around a bit in this heat as well. And. Along with the heat and feeling uncomfortable comes some other more serious problems, such as heat stroke, which is quite a serious um, health condition that our pets could uh, suffer from. And it's life threatening, potentially life threatening. And it is something that everyone in hot climates and even the cooler climates need to be aware of. Uh, it occurs when your pets, the body temperature of the pet rises and they're unable to reduce that core body temperature. I believe that's basically the basis of it, Glenn?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so hypothermia, they, dogs can build up a lot of body heat very quickly when they're exercising, and unless they can dissipate that um, faster than they're building it up, well, their core temperature will go up, and um, dogs can sweat. They just yeah. pant, basically. So the problem they run into is body temperature goes up, um, panting, 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 trying to relieve that That temperature, when that's not enough for a various number of factors, Um, if the temperature gets high enough, they transition into this um, deep, slow breathing, yep. um, and then it's a bad cascade from there because they're, they're not dissipating heat anymore because they're not panting anymore, um, and things go from bad to worse a lot of the time, and, and sometimes it's um, a little cascade that you can't get off no matter what you do yeah. um, until they go into full overheating mode, yep. um, and that looks like a very bad thing, basically. You know.
0: What sort of core body temperature are you talking that they rise to? I know fevers with kids, we worry over 38, 40 is really bad, so yeah. what are we...
1: Look, normal dog temperature run a little bit hotter than the normal human yep. temperature so um, i sort of say that normal dog temperature 37 and a half to 38 and a half degrees is a normal mm-hmm. temperature look a dog running around and excited and, and exercising might get to 39 and a half and, yep. and, and the body's um, temperature control mechanisms kick in well um if that body temperature goes over 41 41 and a half degrees you start looking at at major troubles and, and you look at um, starting to damage red blood cells and organs mm-hmm. and uh, brain swelling and, and the other cascade of effects that come in um, with hyperthermia, but really, yeah, if if I see one that comes in that's not panting and they're doing this deep breathing Mm -hmm. um, cycle um, and they've got a temperature of of 41 or over, um, I've seen them in like 43 and a half. um, That's getting pretty nasty. Uh, so yeah so that that's sort of the main temperature but i mean most people haven't got a thermometer that they're no. going to be monitoring with anyway it's, it's really that you know distressed breathing where they're not panting anymore i mean they go through the the oh, i'm getting really hot and i'm panting a lot yep. and the tongue's hanging out and and they sort of stop doing the other things that they're doing um but when so, that when that slow deep breathing kicks in that's when things are, are really, really in a bad. bad way yeah so
0: what are those early signs and symptoms we should be looking out for on Oh, in our pets. And it's not necessarily only on those hot days, really what we consider really hot
1: days. Yeah, that's so. right. And and it depends on the dog. There's lots of factors involved. I mean... Yep. Um, humidity has got a lot to do with it, like yep. you can have quite a hot, as in the temperature's at 45 degrees, but if it's 10% humidity um, dogs are very effective at cooling body temperature mm-hmm. when it's hot but they can evaporate water off their tongue and their, their mouth and mm-hmm. the back of their um, throat, because um, that's the only way that they're cooling down and, and they can cool themselves effectively um, when it's humid like I've seen dogs overheat at 28 degrees okay. at 6 o'clock in the morning but it's 100% humidity yep. and they go and chase a kangaroo or, yep. or chasing a ball robustly for even like just 5 minutes, like I've wow. seen dogs cook in 5 minutes um, of intense exercise um, wow. and they build up body heat fast enough that they can't get rid of it and and that whole cascade starts because it it doesn't take an hour of exercise in the sun like literally um, I've seen dogs exercise for five minutes um, and that's enough to to get them into trouble once they get that that body temperature high enough
0: yeah so what should we look out for what signs and symptoms is this
1: yeah I mean basically I mean I mean obviously if they're panting a lot and it's a hot day it's it's always in the back of your mind um, and being mindful of you know, what exercise should I be asking my dog to do because yep. dogs, um, particularly ball addicts and that sort of thing, aren't <laughs> the best um, self-regulators of their exercise mm-hmm. or if they've got something else more exciting to do, whether that's chasing horses or, you yep. know, people that chase pigs and, and all that sort of thing. I mean, it's, um, dogs can get very excited pretty quickly yep. um, and um, you've got to sort of bring breeds into account as well or, or types of dogs like the short-faced um, brachycephalic breeds yep. that have got pushed, squash in, noses. pushed in noses yep. and, and, and little short legs. Um, they just haven't got the same surface area and, and um, ability to shift air across those surfaces to cool themselves mm-hmm. down um, and the other thing is um, you know body weight obesity basically mm-hmm. um, regardless of the size of dogs so I mean little you know little short-faced pugs and those sort of dogs yep. can overheat just as quickly as a you know 40 kilo fat Rottweiler or whatever yep. um, and are probably more likely than a 40 kilo fat, fat Rottweiler because they've got um, that pushed in face disease yep. happening um, so it's really getting distressed in their breathing, their breathing becoming uncontrollable and that fast panting and then transitioning into that deep, slow breathing. um, Mm -hmm. It's a problem. A lot of time, their gums will go, um, we call it brick red, so Mm -hmm. so they're not going pale um, and they're not pink. They're just this really red colour Mm -hmm. and the body's um, cardiovascular system is just in trouble um, and and nothing's working properly, basically. Mm -hmm. And then... You know, if the symptoms get worse you, you fairly rapidly can go into states of collapse. Um, yep. you know, the brain can start swelling and you and they start to lose neurological control okay. so they can't. So they get weak and wobbly. Yeah, weak and wobbly and, and um you know, back legs and front legs yep. become weak and, and sometimes it's difficult, like some people come home and, and a dog's sort of presenting in, you know, can't mm. weak and wobbly and, and you know, breathing's a bit funny, or okay, you know, has it just overheated while they've been out? Yes. Um, has it got a tick? Has it been moved by a snake? You know, just, just what's That's going what on, so yeah. it, it can sort of look like some other, some other things, yep. and obviously if you take the temperature and their temperature's forty two and a half degrees, okay, they've certainly got yep. hypothermia, um, but it doesn't tell you what the cause of it was either, because yes. you know, I've had you know, dogs that have got tick paralysis, and they get trapped in the sun in the middle of the afternoon while, you know, become paralysed through yeah. the day while the owner's out, and then they're kept trapped in the sun, and, and they've got hypothermia, and, and they're dying of heat stroke, but they've also got tick paralysis yep. yeah, as, the, as the underlying, you know, cause yep. of it, so it can be complicated sometimes. Yeah. yeah,
0: so it can quickly lead to your seizures and your comas, so we obviously need to act fast as yes. an owner. We call a vet straight away get a hold of the vet and we want to get them there but what else can we do like obviously the dog's obviously hot so there are a few things we can do at home and even in the car on the way to the vet yeah
1: look basic cooling I mean just triage basically just to try and start dropping their body temperature so I mean wetting them is better than not being wet Uh Um, I mean ideally you know if you're going to the vet you know wet them um, get some cool packs out of the um, freezer and and some wet towels crank that air conditioner up to as cold as it goes basically and, Mm -hmm. and get them to the vet as soon as you can um
0: the but fan and the aircon going on
1: them yep, and everything. Yeah, the fan and the aircon yep. um, going – I mean, wet is – adding water to able to be evaporated sort of thing, but just throwing some wet towels on them and then leaving them there um, probably insulates them more than yeah, anything, okay. so you've just got to think about that. Um, I mean, you can use rubbing alcohol and that sort of thing on, on various parts of the body that evaporates faster if you happen to have some icicle yeah. or something sitting around. Quick quick um, the hands. But... Yeah, but it's really just, you know, wetting them down some, some ice packs, not directly on the skin but okay. ice packs under a wet, you know, tea towel or under mm-hmm. the towel or something like that, um, particularly in the groin and underneath the armpit yep. region and belly where, they, where it can get sort of closer to the skin, skin contact yeah. um, and, and to your vet as soon as possible. Basically, don't try and force-feed them water or anything like okay. that. It's not going to make any difference. And, and if they're already you know, lapsing in out of consciousness or having trouble okay. breathing, you, you don't introduce any water into their mouth to try and kill cool them down because it's not going to anyway. Yep. Yeah.
0: So we get them to the vet, we get them to you, and what do you do? How do you help them? Because... Hey. They're
1: yeah, hot. <laughs> that's right. So, I mean, we institute cooling, you know, as rapidly yep. as possible. Basically, if they've got a very high body temperature, that's yep. you know, flowing water across them in a in a wet prep table sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go cooler fluids. You can go, you know, per rectal up the backside, yep. cool water, um, and also you know, ice packs in the groin, that sort of thing, not, yep. di- not directly against the skin. Um, we usually um, sedate them and, mm-hmm. and, and relax them that way because the less muscle activity they've got, the less more. Um, uh, heat they're going to build up by themselves Mm -hmm. because when they get to this you know if they start having you know seizures or tremors or or they're just you know putting a lot of breath into breathing um that's building up body heat at the same time so um the more relaxed they are the better so a lot of time we end up you know giving them opiates and that sort of thing to to sedate them and, and they'll be on oxygen to um to help out that side of things and shock dose fluids to, mm. to try and um, save things because the the problem is, okay, you can uh, control the body temperature and get that back to normal, but then what um, problems has that already caused in the body? Okay. So you've got the, the swelling of the brain, which is certainly a problem, and, and sometimes um, they go on to um, sort of diuretic therapy to try and reduce swelling. Um, but So it, it
0: affects their organs, essentially.
1: Yeah, it affects their brain, just, yep. just straightforward swelling-wise, and it also affects their organ through just temperature, just yep. thermal damage, um, and then there's also this um, cascade of effects called um, DIC or disseminated yeah. intravascular coagulation, where they'll, yeah, they'll they'll um, they'll clot blood. Um, okay. At a microscopic level in the bloodstream um, And those blood clots could cause troubles But it's more so they use up all their clotting factors pretty quickly And then they start mm-hmm. having spontaneous bleeding oh. um, And these guys quite often um, Unfortunately you'll, you'll see the bad consequences Of just black to red tarry diarrhoea pretty mm. quickly And particular hemorrhages in the gums Like they'll have bruising happening in their in their gums On their eyelids and on pink dogs You'll see it elsewhere on the body um, And that's always a, a pretty bad sign
0: So once they get to that stage is there any um, coming back from that? Well, yeah, like I mean, we uh, you'll save
1: some of those guys yep. I mean, it gets more um, problematic for for various and that's reasons. That's obviously the most
0: severe. That's when we get uh,
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's it's and it can happen like um, like sometime after um, and some dogs will get like they'll um, especially dogs that we don't uh, get to treat like they might get really hot at home and they might just get to the tipping point where um, Mm -hmm. they don't go into the brain swelling sort of things they'll sort of have a collapse and and people will cool them down and and they'll respond to that Mm -hmm. but then this cascade of heat shock proteins, the the DIC still happens a couple of hours later and and, and the dog starts bleeding out and and having hemorrhages and all sorts of stuff Um, and and it didn't ever get to the the seizure stuff Yep. Age, so it's still really important that, yeah, they should be properly hospitalized for a day or so okay. um, post overheating, even if they appear to okay. recover. Yeah, yeah, okay. um, Because just because they look okay, you know, half an hour after the event doesn't mean that they're, they're out of um, harm's way as far yep. as the, the potential outcomes and mm. the problems that can happen. And then if they get through that, well, then it's yep. you know, kidney troubles and that sort of thing because the, the blood breakdown products are yep. in the bloodstream and then the kidneys are responsible for straying that out. So you've got to support their, so their something kidney function. That
0: we really need to watch for a few days and have them in hospital so they yeah they, I get mean, that look, quick it, it,
1: treatment yeah quick treatment and, and, and make sure that the, this cascade of things that aren't, yeah. aren't happening um, and, and they're in the right spot to do something about it like, yep. you know you can give them plasma transfusions to yep. um, give them black, back their um, blood blood clotting yep. factors and that sort of thing so yep. yeah they can get pretty complicated and we still lose some of them poor it's yep. like you know you can have irreversible damage within 5-10 minutes and, mm. and spend the next 24-48 hours trying to save them and, and they still die regardless yeah um, but you know see so most of them that walk yep. through the door. Yeah. Um,
0: so once they go through this, are they? Um, does it take a long time for them to actually fully recover, or are they right after they sort of get over it and they're bouncing back to normal?
1: It, it depends. I mean, I see dogs that have got, especially the, if they progress to neurological symptoms. Yep. Um, some of them are never the same again. As far as they don't appear to have permanent damage, mm-hmm. but they certainly appear not to be able to tolerate further um heat okay, so
0: they are more prone then to those, more again prone to yeah, yeah. so and, something and, to be and, aware and, of and
1: like i've had dogs that they'll overheat once properly and then yep. they'll look okay but then they'll exercise and, and they won't get as hot as what they used to yeah, um, and they'll start to show these neurological symptoms okay. of the wobbliness and that sort of thing. Like, so they've obviously got some um, some neurological damage okay. there, and um, an increased yeah temperature obviously sort of yep. exasperates it, sort of thing.
0: And there's nothing we can do about that. That's no, just, I don't think so. It's yep. just, I mean,
1: picture of time might help some of them, yep. but, um, but it seems to be once they've had that big overheating episode, uh-huh. they seem to be more prone to, to troubles. Okay. Unfortunately,
0: yeah. Right, that makes it a bit tricky, doesn't it? it does <laughs> and hard to treat. Yes. <laughs> so. If, though obviously, we we don't want our pets getting to this stage of this horrible heat stroke. So yep. what do we do as a prevention meather, measure? It's easy for us to, we walk into the side in the air conditioning and in the yep. fans. But if we're not home and, you know, it's often you're at home, you're you're, you're at work, your dog's at home in the backyard. Yep. It's 40 degrees and 99% humidity. Yep. What can we do in order to help them when they are in the backyard?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I mean, all the usual um, things that just make sense, basically. I mean, obviously having um, you know shade available and, and yep. ample water available certainly cool. helps. Cool. Um, help? Yeah. Um, I mean, look, some dogs realistically just aren't designed to be outside in high temperatures with high humidity. I mean, we come back to those, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, obese dogs and, and brachycephalic dogs that, that have got, you know, uh, inabilities to cool themselves down properly. You know, some of those guys can just be sitting around doing nothing, you know, if it's fairly hot and pretty okay. humid, they just don't eat, just sitting around.
0: Um, so we need to keep them in, inside in the yeah, air, basically, Yeah, basically, well,
1: yeah, some, some of those guys do. Um, and, I mean, there's things that you can do, you know, for those breeds in particular to, to help out. I mean, some of them, you know, for their general health and, and you know, ability to cool down is one of them, but ability to breathe is another thing, right. like some of them really, you know, need... Um, respiratory tract surgery down oh to gosh. open up airways okay. um, that makes them you know, more able to breathe and, and stop mm-hmm. all the cascade of problems that comes along with, with um, mm-hmm. brachycephalic airway syndrome like yep. um, collapse tracheas and heart problems oh, wow. and all that sort of thing that they get from the inability to breathe long term. Yep. Um, but it also makes them you know, more prone to overheating as well. Okay. And, and you know, n- no dog in general should be fat, um, but yep. um, you know, dogs with crappy airways that are fat are worse than dogs... Yep that are, you know, normal airways and fat. But, but yeah, no dog should be overweight, basically, and, and that's one thing you can do something about just through how much you feed them, yep. essentially. Um, you know, surgery aside, I mean, it's it's basically, you know, if your dog's overweight, it probably needs less food. We're increasing um, the risk yeah, of every disease
0: every out disease there just about, about right. aren't and,
1: we? And overheating, you know, one of them, the one we're talking about yeah. today, but, yeah, there's no such thing as a as a yeah, supremely healthy fat dog. Yep.
0: Yeah. So we just try and make sure they've got a nice, cool, shady area with some yep. breeze, I presume, is always a bit better. If well,
1: breeze, breeze would be handy, yep. I mean, they don't, um, you know, they're not sweating anyway, yep. so they're not, you know, ev- they've got evaporative evaporatively cool by petting, yeah. but obviously that the cooler their environment is, the better, yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, if they can cool down by, you know, being wet on the outside yeah. and, you yep. know, and, and, yeah, having a clam to swim in and all that sort of thing, that can help. Yep. Um, so they can sort of self-cool and there's ple- ple- plenty of dogs ple- spend plenty of time lying in their clam or digging yep. in their water bowl because it's bloody yep. hot and that's the way that they've got often to cool see them. Down
0: they'll dig a pile they'll dig a spot in the dirt because yep. the soil's cooler isn't it they're
1: not silly yeah yep. Yep. so
0: even though you think they're being naughty they're actually just trying to cool that's right out.
1: they're just so. finding, <laughs> finding the cooler spot yeah yes. and, and that's the other thing to think about um like as far as prevention goes like um you know should you be exercising your dog at a certain time of the day you know, yeah um, so you, should... not taking for a walk in the middle of the heat absolutely and and think about you know is it you know okay at six o'clock at night but is it still mm. a suitable time at six o'clock at night to take your yep. dog for a walk if it's still still pretty very humid, hot and, pretty humid. And, yep. and the same thing first in the morning look I've, as i said like i've seen quite a few dogs yep. that overheat like first thing in the morning and mm. it doesn't seem to be that hot like it's warm it doesn't seem to be yep. that hot but it's more so that 100% humidity yeah. like there's a bit of fog around yes. um and and that you know that just on daylight here, that's right yeah it's, like it's it's very humid first thing yep. in the morning all the time and, and it mightn't feel that hot but they can they can overheat pretty quickly yeah you know? um so, so it's okay should i be yeah, should I be exercising my dog? Um or should I be um, restricting the thing that it likes to exercise itself yep. on, whether that's balls or chasing posters so and you know all that sort of thing that they can they can, they can overheat do. and build up heat and they're not that quickly.
0: smart in self regulating oh, themselves. No. Yeah. So yeah. they'll just keep doing it until they drop. <laughs> if, if you've
1: got a tennis ball addicted dog, yep. I mean they will do it till they drop. Yes they'll drop faster in hot weather. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Yep. Um and uh, and the other thing, I suppose, is you know you can preemptively do things. Like if, if it was, uh, I don't think it's that hot and we're going to go for a walk, give your dog a hose off before you go. Uh, yep. You know you, you can hose them off when you get back to cool them down. Yep. But but if you hit the footpath with them already yeah. wet, I mean, they're going to stay wet for however long your dog yeah, stays wet yeah. for, depending on its hair coat. So, I mean, yep. you can you, know, you can start with them cold. Yep. Um, you know, and, and that will slow down that, that build-up of heat sort of thing. Yep. But, you know, if you're worried about them overheating, you know, probably shouldn't be going for a walk in the first yep. place. Yeah, yeah that's you know. a good
0: idea. All right, so I guess that's sort of probably covered most of the um, discussion on the heat stroke, but just keep in mind that if you ever suspect that your pet is suffering from heat stroke, um, you really are best to speak to your vet or get them to the vet straight away because it can go bad quickly. And as Glenn said, the... um, effects that come after those first few signs are actually yep. the life-threatening situation that yep. we've got that they need to be in the hospital being treated and Absolutely. looked after.
1: And and the fact that it, it sort of looks like some other stuff as well. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I mean, I've had dogs that come in and, and, you know, okay, have they just overheated or have they been by a snake? snake or have they got yep. a tick somewhere? Or is there something else going yep. on? So um, And the same with the... Oh, they look were looking pretty crappy half an hour ago but now they're looking pretty good. Mm. Yeah. You know, that happens with brown snake bite. I mean they can mm-hmm. have a semi collapse state from a brown snake bite and then recover then recover for an hour or two before and they then collapse and become paralyzed. Yep. Yeah, so it's um it's difficult for to know. Yes. Um, and getting them checked out is always a good idea. It's
0: always best. Even if it does seem to pass, we're yeah. better off to get them checked out, get some advice, make sure yeah. that They definitely are, you know. They weren't just faking it, or are they? Or what's going on? That's
1: right. And and I mean, there's always a grey area there. But yes. But uh, if if in doubt, you're you're still best to know what's going on.
0: Unfortunately, they can't tell us, so that's where you come in. Would
1: be nice to know. And and if if they can still walk and they like chasing tennis ball (laughs) just because they will chase it doesn't mean they will. Yeah.
0: Give them a bit of a break. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we've got for today on that one. Um, So. Everyone enjoy the hot summer weather but and the humidity but remember to keep yourself and your pets safe. Yep.
1: Always in moderation.
0: That's it. Thanks for joining us. Thanks guys. Bye. <laughs>